Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Come on, would y'all show them some love? Thank you so very much. Amen. Ask that you'll stand to your feet. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, I think, 80 young people who are visiting us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, you're going to see and hear from them a little bit later uh, in uh, the worship experience. Uh, Mrs. Penny Poole, who's uh, the president of the Gwinnett County NAACP, uh, she is with us as well. Let's give God a hand clap of praise, Madam President. Thank you so very much. The NAACP raised me. I'm always uh, indebted uh, for uh, the nation's oldest, largest, and strongest civil rights organization. Mark chapter 15. Ask that you'll open up your Bible apps and go to Mark chapter 15. Amen. Our theme for uh, 2023 is no vacancies. We believe in God is going to fill every seat in this church. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said, God is going to fill every seat in this church. I had to stop myself from crying because I had set the deadline for December 31st. Uh, but I want you to look around and see what God is doing already in January. Amen. How, how many of y'all know God can do it? God can do it. And I'm believing not only is he going to do it in this church, but he's going to do it in every area of your life. Somebody shout out loud, no vacancies. Mark chapter 15, verse 17 and 18. Mark chapter 15, verse 17 and 18. Once you found it, won't you say, I got it. Let's read it together with uplifted voices. Come on, everybody. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to preach today using as a subject, Are you sure you want to be a king? Are you sure? You want to be a king. Would you look at the person beside you? Uh, look them dead in the eye and say, I got to ask you a real question. Are you sure you want to be a king? Comrades, at the height of uh, cable television's most successful series, Game of Thrones, a query began to circulate on Quora. How stressful was it to be a monarch of a medieval kingdom? The thread of answers seemed to have no end. And to be a king in the medieval times, you had to worry about relatives killing you. You had to marry somebody with wealth, with power, with land, and love was secondary. You must be able to produce male offspring. You had to navigate and tap dance 
with the Catholic Church. You had to fend off enemy forces. You had to always be prepared for pestilence, for plague, and poisoning. Not to mention betrayal at the hand of somebody who faked friendship. And all of that applies to those from the 5th to the 15th century. But nobody ever seems to consider the enormous weight on Adam who was made king of the Garden of Eden. He's made the king of the Garden of Eden and is given no advisory council, given no troops, given no military. He's given the directive to have dominion, authority, and to multiply. He's warned about trees, but never alerted about snakes. Being a king is rough, but don't presume for a moment that being the child of a king is a walk in the park. One of my favorite writers, William Shakespeare, pulled out of Henry IV in scene two, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You must understand the idiom is attempting to underscore the fact that those who are charged with major responsibility carry a heavy burden that makes it difficult for you to unwind, for you to relax, for you to decompress, for you to practice self-care. People see your swag but don't know you can't sleep. They are envious of your success, but they don't know the secrets you have to suppress. They admire your anointing, but have no idea of the headaches you have to fight just to ignore. They want your limelight, but aren't acquainted with the darkness of loneliness. A lot of people who think that they are kings are nothing more than clowns who forgot to put on makeup. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, before her transition, confided to her courtiers that she was concerned that her grandson, Prince William, wasn't equipped and might very well crack under the pressure. Being underestimated is nothing new to you. You were measured by people who have never been rulers. Don't get appraised by those who can't recognize a diamond in the rough. You were put down by people who should have never had the privilege of picking you up. If you survived all of that, you can't crack under the pressure. You were born to lead. You were anointed to make hard decisions. You were brought to the earth in order to change it. 
you are equipped for the assignment and you are positioned not to roll over but to take over whether you are a man or a woman I want to declare to you that there is a king inside of you those of you who know that there is royalty that is coursing through your veins I don't need you to look at your neighbor I'm talking directly to you I want the children of the most high king would you make some noise right now if you know what you were born to be when I was in the sixth grade Mount Royal Elementary School on the corner of McMechan and John Street in Baltimore my feelings got trounced we were having a school play about Martin Luther King and I just knew I had the lead role there was no reason for me to even be stressed no reason for me to be, everybody knew in the class I'm supposed to be Martin Luther King. The day after the auditions, the teacher read the cast for the Martin Luther King Jr. school play. He held the lead role to the end. Martin Luther King Jr., I sat up in my desk. I knew this was going to be my position. And she called out the name Larry Goldston will be Martin Luther King. I kicked over my desk, broke my pencil in half, went outside, slammed the locker that was already closed, got sent down to the principal's office for the umpteenth time. I'm sitting there fuming. They done pulled out the walkie-talkie asking the principal to come. Jamal is here again. You got to talk to him. We can't get Rembrandt on the phone. That's my father. The administrator saunters in, got all of her school keys on her finger, got a whistle around her neck, got a walkie-talkie in her hand. She bent over to me so she could look at me eyeball to eyeball and said, Jamal, what's wrong with you? I'm pouting with my arms folded. I said, I'm supposed to be king. And they done gave it to somebody else. Newbert, she looked me in the eyes and said something. It changed my life and changed my mind. The principal said, if you know you are supposed to be king, why are you mad at somebody who's pretending to be one? Many of you are angry with somebody who was never born to play the role. They don't have what it takes to be in that position. You jealous of somebody who don't have your skill set, don't have your talent, don't have your anointing, don't have your destiny, don't have your purpose. But if you know you ain't faking it, I need you to shout out loud, I was born to be a king. My whole life, I looked up to, admired, was always enamored at the legacy of Mount Luther King Jr. It wasn't until uh, I came to Morehouse, and I gotta give you this as an asterisk, I'm showing my age, I came to Morehouse in 1989. Morehouse didn't have a website. <laughs> I didn't even know what Morehouse looked like. 
I just applied to Morehouse. It was my only school. I applied to Morehouse only because Dr. King went there. I didn't know what I was going to major in, what I was going to study. I didn't know that the dorms had roaches and didn't have hot water. I was just going to Morehouse. Until I got to Morehouse and really began to take a deeper dive at Woodruff Library into the life of Dr. King that I discovered what nobody talks about. That Dr. King, at 12 years of age, jumped out of a second-story window trying to commit suicide because his grandmother Jenny had died and the grief was too much for him to bear at 12 years of age. Ladies and gentlemen, I had no idea that Dr. King attempted suicide again at 15 because he had skipped two grades and while he was smart, he was socially awkward. The only thing Dr. King ever failed in was being unsuccessful in killing himself. And I came this morning. I came this morning because a lot of your children are distraught. A lot of your kids are shutting down. A lot of them have unbridled, brutal rage. They don't want to come out of the room. They're playing video games all day. You don't even know the names of two of their friends. Being sociable is sickening. And God had you to come today, had you log on today to tell you, stop hollering at them and get a hold of the fact that there's a king trying to come out of them. The only thing that a prince or a princess needs is a time. And it is almost time for your child. I speak over the children who are connected to this ministry. I break the spirit of suicide. I break the spirit of low self-esteem. I break the spirit of bullying and rejection. I break the spirit of insecurity. I don't know where you are, but Satan, get off of our children. There's a king inside of them that has got to come out. I declare over your children that they will be healed from every learning disorder. I speak over your children that their behavior will be in alignment with their destiny. I call on your children that there is a breaking of the spirit of disrespect and ingratitude. May God arise. I need you to hear this. And may the enemies of your children be scattered. Whatever is an enemy to your children's welfare, this battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I speak a breakthrough over every child between 12 and 18. I don't know whether y'all are ready for it. Whatever they are dealing with that they haven't talked to you about. 
an angel is now on the case to safeguard them in every area of your life. Some of y'all only know how to shout for material stuff, but I need those of y'all that are prepared to go to spiritual warfare for your child. Would you make a mandate in heaven that your child is going to rise to the top? Your child is not a follower. They are a leader. I need you to open up your mouth that your children will stop playing small and act like the brainiacs that they are. There is a grace on your child's life. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Hallelujah. I'm not just preaching to parents, I'm talking to children, young people, teenagers. I know the world is spinning out of control, but God's got too much destiny on you. There's too much you were born to do. You were not an accident. Y'all didn't say anything. I don't care what people said about you. I don't care what they think about you. You got a life in front of you that nobody in your family was ever able to have. Hallelujah. If you are a young person in this room, I came to tell you, your life is worth living. Hallelujah. Your life is worth living. I'm sick of y'all. Your life is worth living. You mad because you ain't seen your dad? You still going to be great. You not sure about your sexual identity? You are still going to be great. Folk will make fun of you because of what you look like, because of what you dress and what it is that you don't have. You living in poverty. Nobody pays attention to you you're still gonna be great you let somebody touch you and you ain't told nobody about it you still gonna be great folk in your family mishandle you the oil of God is on your life you still gonna be great you ain't gotta fight nobody you ain't gotta cuss nobody out you ain't no side chick you ain't no hoochie mama you ain't no thug you ain't no gangster you are the top of the clan. You are a CEO. You are a college graduate. You are a business owner. There's a king inside of you. Hallelujah. Dr. King attempted suicide twice before he ever turned 16. You may be seated. You sure you want to be a king? Alberta Williams King. Alberta Williams King gave birth to Dr. King. She's a stalwart of Ebenezer Baptist Church. For many years, she was a minister of music while her husband, Dr. King's father, was the pastor. And I wanted you to know what they're not going to talk about tomorrow and this King weekend is that uh, in Ebenezer Baptist Church, a black Hebrew Israelite named Marcus Wayne Chenault came into the church six years after Dr. King was assassinated.
and killed Dr. King's mother while she was playing the organ in church. I want to say this to you, and I need you to hear me very carefully. When you are a king, I'm talking to men and women. I need you to hear me very carefully. When you are a king, you don't know the impact it's going to have on your mama. For nine months, she carried Dr. King in her stomach. But for the rest of her life, she carried him on her back. I want the mothers to lift your hands, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My sister, Dr. Tamer, said to me years ago that 93% of our stress is not ours. We stress for somebody else. I now break the stress that is on mothers in this room who know that they have a God-given assignment to raise a king. You have become weary in well-doing. I can't hear nobody. Your, your sleep is interrupted. You get anxious whenever the phone rings. When you ain't heard from them, you don't know what's going on. It's hard for you to focus when you're worried about them. But God told me to tell you, I have given you the privilege of raising a king. And the good news is you ain't doing it by yourself. I'm partnering with you in this enterprise. I don't know where you are, but I speak over mothers who are stressed over their children, whether it's a son or a daughter. God says, I know you're trying to raise that king, but before I gave them to you, they already belong to me. I don't know where the mothers are, but those of you who are going to take peace in knowing that God has a plan for your child, that you are not going to die from hypertension, from high blood pressure. You ain't going to be on medication, contending with headaches. You are not going to have a sleep disorder, worried about these children. But God said these children are in my hands. I don't need everybody to do it. But if there is a mother near you, would you just embrace them and tell them God's got your child. God is going to raise up something in your son. God's got something special for your daughter. There is an assignment. He chose you to be that child's mother. He knew you had what it takes. If you are raising a king, that means you are a queen. I need you to give God glory. Here's your shout for the mother that raised you. I need you. Hey. Come on, I said open up your mouth. I said open up your mouth for the queen that raised you. She didn't go to school, but she made sure you did. Shout for the queen that raised you. She made sacrifices you still don't know about. The queen that raised you. 
Your mama didn't have no Gucci bag. She didn't have no red bottom shoes. She ain't never been to Cancun. But she made sure there was food on the table. She made sure there was clothes on your back. She made sure you got to church on Sunday morning. You don't think you caused your mama some stress? Would you thank God for the mama God chose for you? That she put some stuff in you for you to know there's got to be greater for myself. You may be seated. You sure? You want to be a king? When you know it's going to stress your mother out? You know what it's going to do to her health? You know what it's going to do for her to have to put her own dreams on the back burner? Just to make sure that you are okay? Furthermore, ladies and gentlemen, 15 months after the assassination of Dr. King, his little brother, A.D. King, was on the phone in a telephone interview 15 months after the assassination of Dr. King. He's on the phone doing an interview. In the interview, he made an oath to find out who killed his brother. And the very next morning, he was found drowned in his own pool in his own backyard, even though he was a certified licensed swimmer. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Certified licensed swimmer, and the next morning is found drowned in his own pool. It is widely believed, but not greatly talked about, that A.D. King was also murdered by the government. And I want to say something to you, and I hope you'll hear my voice. Your siblings are in the scope of the enemy. God, help me. I need you to just lift that hand. Just wave that hand. Wave that hand. I need you to hear what I heard in the spirit realm. God told me to tell you, hallelujah, I'm trying not to cry. Hallelujah. The spirit of the living God told me to tell you, that he is putting a barbed wire fence. I don't know if five of y'all are shout. He says, I'm putting a barbed wire fence around your brother. God, I can't hear nobody. He says, I am assigning angels around your sister that when the enemy cannot kill you, the enemy will try to kill your siblings. When they crucified Jesus, they wanted to pierce him in the side. But because the anointing was on him, they could not pierce his side. They pierced the one next to him. I declare that the glory of God is now resting on your brother's life. I don't know how many of y'all got a brother, but if you need God to go to war for your brother, you need God to issue surveillance for your sister. Would you open up your mouth? 
They may be in jail. They may be on drugs. They may be ascribing to a false religion. They may not even be speaking to you. You may not even get along. But God, I need you to sustain my brother's life. I don't know where you are. God said if you shout, your brother won't die prematurely. If you give me glory, your sister is not going to lose herself. Because the enemy is after the siblings. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The enemy is after your siblings. Hallelujah. The enemy's trying to snuff out your brother. Hallelujah. You've been having to be overprotective for years. Hallelujah. Because you know they got a good heart. You know they mean well, but they just can't pull it together. God said, watch what I do in your sibling's life this year. I, I feel something crazy right through here. Would you just speak out loud your brother and sister's names right now? Come on, I can't hear you. I want my sister to be happy. I want my brother to be fulfilled. I want my sister to feel loved. I want my brother to find his purpose. I want my sister to get her act together. I want my brother to grow up. I want my sister to take responsibility over her children. I want my brother to finally get clean and sober. God put a hedge fence. Protection around my brother around my sister the enemy is after my siblings because the enemy knows I was born to be king you may be seated when Jesus was crucified they stripped him they mocked him they pulled the beard out of his face. They spit on him. You already know by now that um, they put thorns in his hands, nails in his hands, nails in his feet. But the last thing they did to Jesus was put a crown of thorns on his head. And I want you to understand, they did not place the crown on his head. They crushed it. And after they crushed that thorn, crown of thorns on his head, then they twisted it. So that blood would begin coming down. So that Jesus wasn't able to see. Researchers found that the crown of thorns left 13 wounds on his forehead. I need you to hear this. The crown left 20 holes in the back of his head. The crown was made up of 71 inch thorns. Each thorn was one inch and it was 70 of them. So they knew that they would inflict pain. Hear this. By putting a lot of little things on his head. Seventy one 
inch nails. Why in the world is the crown necessary when I'm already bleeding out of my side? I can barely breathe. I'm doing all that I can to hoist myself up on that cross. I'm now paralyzed because my legs are now twisted one on top of the other. I can no longer feel my upper torso because I've got nails, hear this, they're not really in my hands, they're in my wrist so that my whole upper body is paralyzed. I'm going to say this and not too many of you are going to shout, not too many of you are going to respond, but I need you to hear my heart. Is that messing with Jesus' body was not the intention. They didn't care anything about his physical body. They put the crown of thorns on his head and twisted it in hopes that one of the thorns would prick his brain. God. The intention of the enemy, God, I can't hear nobody, was to make Jesus lose his mind. I don't know where you are, but what you've been dealing with over the last three years, the enemy been trying to do everything to make you go crazy. That's why your grandmother used to taunt the enemy when she woke up. She said, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. You sure? You want to be king? When the enemy will spend most of his energy trying to make you lose your mind. God, I can't hear nobody. With all the trauma that you've been through, you should be seething like a mad dog. Your eyes should be in the back of your head. I can't hear nobody in here. You should be drinking every day. You should be popping pills before nine o'clock. You should be in a therapist twice a week. You should be journaling at the end of every day. But God said, if you can hear my voice, the reason why you know you are supposed to be king is not because of the car you drive. It's not because of the house you live in. But if you been through many dangers, toils and snare, and you still got your mind. Would you give God glory that I'm still thinking straight? I still know who I am. I still haven't lost myself. God said, give him glory for your right mind. Lift up that hand, please. Some of y'all don't need it, but there are 50 y'all pulling on me. I need you to just shout it to the enemy. I will not go crazy. I will not lose my mind. I will not have a nervous breakdown. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Lift up that hand. Oh, gospel choir in my home church used to sing a song that says, uh, 
I shall wear a crown when it's all over. I'm going to put on my robe and I'm going to tell the story how I made it over. I can't hear nobody. I will see his face when it's all over. I'm going to thank him. Lift that hand, please. Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, the former president of Morehouse College, used to say to all incoming freshmen, there's a crown above your head that you have to grow tall enough to wear. That hand is lifted ahead of you. That is your crown that you're about to grow into. Now I want you with both hands to lay hands on your head. Listen to me softly, minstrels. God said your crown will be your dream coming to pass. Your crown will be your concept finally materializing. God, I can't hear nobody. Your crown is that it won't just you being a success but your siblings will be more than conquerors. Your crown. If she's still alive, you're going to be able to bless and take care of your mother. I can't hear no worshipers right here. Your crown is knowing you are going to get every opportunity that was never afforded to your mom. Your crown is no, you will not die until you occupy the space, occupy the role of being the king and being the queen that God has called you to be. This is your last opportunity to give him glory. Don't do it yet. I got to ask you a question. Only give him praise and honor if you're sure you want to be a king. Come on, huh? I can't hear anybody. Come on. If you know you're supposed to be in charge, you a real boss, you're going to be the head and not the tail. Are you sure you want to be a king? I want you to stand to your feet. you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I read about a story the other day that I wanted to uh, share with you. I uh, attempted to really just give highlights of it the other night, but uh, a young man went to go visit his mother in hospice, softly minstrels. Young man went to go visit his mother in hospice. And uh, his mother barely remembered anything at this point in her life. She's at accelerated stages. Sitting in hospice, she kept a Bible right by her bed. The son comes in to see her and says, you still read that thing? The mother with dementia said, yes, every day. 
Say, so why you read it every day when you can't even remember it the next day? She said, that's why I keep reading it. Say, <laughs> so, Mama, I don't know why you still read that Bible. I don't know why it is that you still pray. I don't know why you still talk to them. You're the nicest person I ever met. Sweetest person I ever met. Biggest heart of anybody I ever met. And here you are with dementia. Where is this God you served all these years? Prayed to all these years? Worked at his church all these years? Where is this God now? And look at me, the son said. I'm one of the meanest people that's ever lived. I've done wickedness my whole life. I've used people in order to get money. I'm living in a big house, driving a fancy car. You would think our roles would be in reverse. How am I doing so well when I've been so wicked? And you doing so bad, and you've been living so righteous. And the mother with advanced dementia said to her son, sometimes the devil blocks his disciples from going through trials. Oh, Y'all not going to like this. The devil doesn't want his disciples to go through trials. Because if they go through trials, they'll call on God. Devil wants you comfortable in where you are until you realize you're in hell. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know where you are. You think you're living good, doing good, making money, going on trips, got fancy clothes. If you have not given your life to God, you still go into hell. Can God trust you with adversity? Can he trust you with trial? Can he trust you with opposition? It takes a different kind of faith to make the declaration, I will bless the Lord at all times. Are you sure? Your walk with God ain't always going to be warm and fuzzy like it is today. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Some of y'all got it twisted. You think you the king. You really the sibling. God says, I got to do something in your life. I got to circumnavigate your circumstances because there is something that you got to get. I need you to understand that comfortability is the aim of the enemy. If you're too comfortable, you'll never change. God, God, the enemy wants you comfortable in your sin, in your lifestyle, in your predicament. But God says, I got a greater call for your life. I'm not even going to call for the praise team right now, not even for the musicians to go into high gear. I want to talk to you like it's just me and you in the room. Wherever it is that, that you find yourself in, old song, mahogany, do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life is showing you? Do you know they're not playing that on Netflix? You got uh, that, 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 there's somebody in the room who's saying, Pastor, I realize I was born to be king.
based off of what you said today because you don't know what I went through in my teenage years. I must be born to be king because I don't even know all of the nuances and intricacies of what my mother had to deal with, but I can tell by, by her hands. I can tell by her grasp. I can tell when I really look into the soul of her eyes that says some stuff she has never disclosed to the children. Whoever you are in this room, you are, here it is, the survivor of your siblings. Because you didn't even know God put the oil on you in order for you to bring them out. Wherever you are, I'm calling for kings and queens in this room. You can be a king, you can be a queen, and you're not even sitting on the throne. Ladies and gentlemen, many years ago, Muhammad Ali, formerly Cassius K. Clay, was uh, lost his uh, heavyweight belt because he refused to go fight in Vietnam. They invited him to uh, speak at Harvard University to the students at Harvard University. Cassius Clay had never been to college. And when he got into uh, the lecture hall with all of the students at Harvard University, they started cheering, champ, 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 champ. The president of Harvard University got up and demanded for the students to be quiet. Why are you all calling them champ when he lost his belt? Muhammad Ali stood up and said, because I don't need the belt to be a champion. I know who I am. I know what I'm called to be. I know what my purpose in life is. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need a mansion to be a king. You don't need a verified social media page to be a king. You got to know who you are even after you lost it. I feel like I'm talking to some people in this room. Wherever you are in this place, I'm calling kings and queens who know that there is a king of kings. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running. Chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.